0: Welcome to Missionary Mindset. This is the podcast where we do a deep dive on all things missions in East Asia. This week, we're joined by my personal friend, Heath Walraven. I met Heath in Taiwan about three years ago, and we've been friends ever since. In this interview, Heath and I discuss FCA and his unlikely Chinese ministry in a small town in Georgia. Welcome to the show, Heath. I'm glad you could join us. Would you mind introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about you?
1: My name is Heath Raven, and a little bit of background about me. I was called into ministry, and uh, I didn't go the normal route the way that a lot of people did, that uh, just I got saved when I was young, but I got out away from church, and I got back in church and just really had a hunger for God's Word, and God just uh, transformed me and started calling me into ministry, and of course, that was one of them things that I was always very stubborn, and I wanted to do things my way, and really getting called, I didn't think that I was good enough. You know, I thought that uh, maybe God had the wrong person. You know, I couldn't do that. So uh, I announced calling the ministry at my son's baby dedication, which a baby dedication is saying I'm going to raise, raise uh, my kids the way that uh, God desires for me too and getting to have the church come alongside. And and God just really showed me and says, how can you say that you raise your son in the way when you're not doing what you're supposed to do? And so his baby dedication, I announced calling to ministry and uh, sometime later got into youth ministry and uh, loved it. It was perfect for me at the time. And uh, I got to where I enjoyed being around teenagers as much as uh, I did adults many times. And so I just really enjoyed uh, youth ministry. And 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 I thought that I was going to be in youth ministry forever. I thought that this was the thing that God called me to, that I'm just going to be one of those guys that's 70 years old, still working with teenagers And then uh, while I was doing that, though, God uh, changed directions for me and uh, let me know that it was time to serve in a different capacity. And he started calling me to serve overseas as a missionary. And at that point, uh, through a long process of uh, God trying to get my attention and leading God into me and direct into the right places, God uh, led me to Taiwan. Then I began thinking, well, that's where God has me now. You know, that's where I'm going to be, and that's where I'm going to be in uh, serving for until God calls me to go home for when I get older or whatever, I thought that this was the place where I was going to be. And then a lot of things happened, COVID. And, uh, my daughter had some struggles with school. And and so God called me back home to North Georgia. And then my thinking was, OK, I'll just take it easy for a while. I'm not going to do a lot of ministry. I just need to figure things out, recharge and, and get back into the gear and about that time, uh, a Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh, the director there gave me a call and uh, said that they wanted to talk to me about a position, and as I began to pray about it, I thought, wow, this is perfect. You've got working with young people, teenagers, sports, and you've also got missions involved all in three. It's like, my, that's my passions. And I thought, wow, that's perfect, and so I thought, yeah, I guess that's it. And God just kind of led me to start into that. And then, and even after that, God opened some more doors since I had experience uh, uh, working with Chinese people in Taiwan. And while I was here, I met my wife uh, who is Taiwanese and God led us to start ministering to Chinese people in our area also. So I guess that even though I wanted to sit back and recharge and figure things out, God still had a different plan and things to uh, do at that point.
0: So I guess kind of what is, we'll start with FCA first, I guess. Okay. So kind of what is FCA? What do they do? Uh,
1: FCA is, uh, stands for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And kind of the overall view of FCA, they have a motto to and through the coach. Uh, there's a Billy Graham quote that basically says uh, a coach can reach more in a season than most, a lot of people can reach in a lifetime. And, and, you know, there's some truth to that because, you know, you think about how many people's on some of these teams and, and that they spend a lot of time, you know, with these uh, athletes. And so that's kind of the focus. Uh, so we really kind of focus on coaches and athletes, and but we focus on re- coaches and athletes to reach the entire schools. Uh, so colleges or um, high schools and middle schools is basically what FCA uh, focuses
0: on. I guess you kind of explained how you got involved with us, FCA. What does your day-to-day like FCA work look like?
1: Uh, You know, day-to-day, we plan a lot. There's a lot of events that we have. We have one uh, uh, coming up soon in July that we do for team building. And so we rented out a... Well, no, we haven't rented it. They (laughs) donated it. The local fairground where they have a lot of big property that we can go to. It's not at one of the schools. So we have a neutral location where we have the ability to do some more things. And we've set up a lot of team building activities. Like uh, there's one that I did uh, last July, uh, kind of arranged was a uh, obstacle course that they had to do blindfolded. And so they had to get one of their teammates to tell them what to do on each thing. So, uh, it was a lot of fun and they really enjoyed it. It was just hilarious to watch some of it too. Uh, but you know, the kind of the point, like in that activity was promoting teamwork. So it's like, well, how could you do by yourself? You know, obviously not very good. And so that's focused on teamwork. And then we'll kind of, we took that and kind of tied it together of who we are as a Christian, that it's God that we're fitting together as a team is the church in ministry uh, together. But ultimately, like in a team, there's somebody in charge of that team, the coach or whoever's in charge of that team. And us as a Christian that God is in charge of us. And so we would take those and take the opportunities to share the gospel from that. And so we do a lot of planning activities like that. Uh, we do a lot of training leaders. Uh, we try to get athletes or leaders in the school to be uh, leading their school as a Christian and to step up and kind of plan we call huddles within the school and to kind of step up and plan those huddles and to be focused on being strategic and how they can reach uh, the student population there. Uh, so the basics we do, I guess you'd say day-to-day, is uh, planning events, trainings, and, and different things like those are focus.
0: How have student-athletes been generally receptive of FCA or the leaders within FCA?
1: Uh, in, in the area where I serve, there's a good Christian influence. So you have a lot of good Christian kids already. That's really already following Christ. So we try to find those students that have a good relationship with Christ. It's mature in their faith. And we try to basically disciple them to be elite and try to get if, and if we can get the kid that has a strong faith and he's also has a good influence on his school. And which is one of the reasons we try to, uh, The good athletes naturally have an influence towards their school, and so that we try to focus on some of these kids that are can have some influence and that can be able the ones that people will look up to, and try to work uh, training them to be the leader that uh, God's calling all of us to be. Anyway, have the coaches that you guys are
0: trying to go through generally been receptive? I know, based on what you said with the area that you're working in, the coach is probably pretty receptive. But have there been other Areas where the coaches aren't quite as, you know, excited Uh, about it. You know,
1: it's a wide range of coaches for the most part. They're all very receptive. Uh, So, you know, they're very welcoming. They will work with us. Many of them try to help us out to do things. Uh, But if there's one of the biggest struggles, I'd say that's it. Sometimes it's not that they're not a Christian coach. Sometimes it's just that as a coach, there's a lot of pressure on a coach to win. And, you know, if you start saying, hey, can I come into your practice and speak? What they hear is, you want to take some of my practice time. <laughs> so one of the biggest struggles, I guess, that we have is uh, trying to get the coaches to let – for us to hook up somebody to come in and speak to them and uh, to be able to uh, share the gospel to that team.
0: Typically, I guess, with FCA, you guys are very involved with – obviously not just football, I'd assume. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously – You're from Georgia, which is a huge football state.
1: Um, Yeah. But are you guys involved with all the sports teams? or Absolutely. Basically, we have a list of all the teams for every season. And our goal is for 100% of the athletes on each each team to hear the gospel. Uh, One of the ways that we do this, we have a program called Character Coaches. And basically, we'll take people from the community. Most times, they're pastors, youth pastors – or just mature Christians in the community. And we will, first of all, we'll train these people to be a character coach and we will hook them up and set them up with a team that they will consistently minister to that team. Uh, they're called a character coach, which really is the same idea as a chaplain, uh, but we use character coach because uh, legally uh, we if we ask to go to that team, then we should, we can't openly share the gospel. Uh, we have to teach a character lesson. So we call them a character coach. But basically it's the same idea as a chaplain. Our idea behind it is for somebody to be there with that team uh, when these students have hard times or difficult times, somebody that they know that they can go to that will love uh, them and let them know that, hey, it's okay. And, and I'll be available too if there's somebody they can go to and pray for and stuff like that. And part of that also is looking for opportunities to share the gospel. We can share the gospel, uh, but they can't be required uh, to be there. They have to have the option to be there. So still our goal, though, is for 100% of those kids to hear the gospel.
0: Now, is SCA located, I guess, branched out in every state, or is it just more local?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's in every state, and it's actually transforming and growing from there. It's based. The head office is in Kansas City. A rough overview of how it started, I think, in the 1954 area somewhere. Uh, there was a guy, and I probably should have researched this and remembered his name, but uh, basically was uh, had came and uh, that God was leading them to reach sports teams. And so that's kind of how FCA began. Well,
0: I tried looking it up. Uh, it's not an overview. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor. Taiwan Missionary Fellowship is a movement of missionaries working together to reach Taiwan for the gospel through a network of mission organizations, church leaders, national gatherings, training events, and resources. For more information, go to tmf.org.tw. I guess kind of switching areas that we're talking about. You mentioned that when you left Taiwan, you went from Taiwan to back to the U.S., and you've kind of been partnering with like a Chinese ministry. What's that like?
1: Uh, like? Yeah, kind of how it started. Uh, there was a, I guess you'd say an Asian hate crime that happened in Georgia, uh, where uh, somebody went in and shot several Chinese people that were working in a massage parlor. And so we were already kind of thinking about, well, what's next? How can me and my wife do some things together in ministry and about that same time, my pastor asked me, too, is talking about that. Says, so does, you know, your wife experience things like that? What What can we do to show Asian people that we love them and, and that we're, they're welcomed here and things like that? And so about that same time, when I got back from Taiwan, you know, that didn't know what I was going to do for work or anything like that before. This was before FCA or anything like that. So um, we were delivering DoorDash, Uber Eats, and Grubhub and start delivering food and about that time we would get orders from Chinese restaurants and so we would go into the Chinese restaurants and we started meeting a lot of Chinese people and so obviously we had a lot of familiarity with them and could speak to them in their language or for the most part some of them Cantonese speaking and some of them speak their local dialect of where they're from but they would also speak Mandarin and so that we was able to connect with them a little bit and Through connecting with them and the desire of God leading us to say, what can we do for Chinese people? We just started uh, trying to figure out ways to uh, be able to minister to the Chinese people and make disciples among the Chinese people in our area.
0: So it's a relatively new ministry, obviously, I guess.
1: Yes. uh, One of the first things that we did uh, last Thanksgiving, which, you know, good American holiday, you know, our thinking was, well, let's show them what it's like to be. For a Thanksgiving meal for America, but it's also a very good day for all those people that own Chinese restaurants uh, because most every other holiday they will keep stay open. But for Thanksgiving, evidently people in our area mainly go home and eat their Thanksgiving meal. So most of the Chinese restaurants didn't have anything to do for Thanksgiving. Uh, So what we did, we held a big event and held it at uh, our home church, and we had a big fellowship hall, an area to bring a lot of people in, and for our little area in North Georgia, I think we had close to 40 Chinese people come in uh, to have this event in an area that you wouldn't even know that there was (laughs) that many Chinese people there, but uh, it was amazing that they come in to go to this, and we had the opportunity to share the gospel with all of them, and uh, we took that and started doing uh, a lot of events and outreach events after that. So what are some
0: of those, uh, like, uh, what does an outreach event look like?
1: Uh, Well, that was one that we did. Uh, After that, we had a Christmas event where we would do, we just did a regular worship service, kind of did a candlelight service where we would read uh, the Christmas story, and we would do that in candlelight and played some, a lot of Christmas uh, Christian music, and, and so we did that, but we had a big fellowship afterwards where we'd have a big meal. And uh, Chinese people love to when they get together, make sure and have a meal, love to eat. So uh was able to get some good food. So we did that for Christmas and not much longer after Christmas was Chinese New Year. And obviously Chinese New Year, that's the big holiday for uh, Chinese people. And so it was a good opportunity to get everybody uh, together. And we had the place to do it, which we you know used to access to the church uh, which is not just a place to have a building but it's also we want them to come to the church we want them to be comfortable coming to the church so it was a place that we could use and get them to come and so we every time we have an opportunity like that we share the gospel and then we had another event for Easter where we focused on the kids and uh, so we would do an Easter egg hunt very American thing to do uh, they thought we'll have an Easter egg hunt and then we use that to get them to come, and then we had something called Resurrection Eggs that they opened up and had something in it to remind of the story of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, and so we used that to share the gospel uh, with the kids, and we uh, did two of those. We did one in our local town of Calhoun, Georgia, and right next to Calhoun is Rome, Georgia, and both of them were uh, very successful events, and it was just amazing to see all these things, how God opened doors to do this.
0: I know you and your wife are obviously involved. Do you have other people within your churches that are kind of helping volunteer and run it as uh, well, or is it just yes,
1: you <laughs> uh, we We've tried to meet some of the Christians in the area to help, in which there wasn't a lot. There's a professor that's in the nearby town of Rome that uh, we partnered with that he had already done a lot. So we kind of partnered up with him. A lot of the biggest help we get is, you know, that there's people in our churches that are hungry to do something for missions. And, you know, I think that people understand that sometimes people come to us. Sometimes we don't have to go. We should be going, but sometimes they're coming to us. So what can we do to reach them when they come to us? And so that those people were there. They can't go and talk to a lot of these people. Well, they can because most of them speak some English. And so they can talk a little bit, but, you know, that they, they understand that people need to hear it in their native language a little bit. And so, but they're willing to do something. So a lot of the help setting up and, you know, a couple of events, especially Easter, basically we, all we had to do was say, hey, this is what we want to do. And basically what we did is we went and shared the gospel and they set up the event. So we had a lot of help, especially from uh, American people that really had a heart to see the gospel presented to Uh, international people that came to us that's awesome
0: in my experience and and with talking to like other churches especially from the u.s a lot of smaller churches don't feel like they can reach people outside of their small small area they either feel like it's too big a job or they just think oh like another church will do it when they're completely capable of actually just being a shoulder or just just welcoming yeah and
1: sometimes just love you know that whether we can get the gospel to them in a language that's best for them. And most of them speak English enough you know, they can at least understand a little bit. Uh, but, you know, the gospel is communicated obviously with words, but it's also the love. And so, uh, you know, that's kind of been our philosophy is just no matter what level. And that's what I try to encourage, you know, that anytime we have something at church, I've tried to invite a few Americans to come and just to show love and let them know that, hey, you know, we love you. And we we want to love you. And, and most importantly, God wants to love you. And so that's kind of been our focus to do things like that. And and I, hopefully it does more than just the people that's here. Hopefully it encourages because, you know, that obviously we're focused on Chinese people, but there's a lot more international people, even in North Georgia. When I was growing up, it was not that way. And, you know, you would think that for the most part you would, Never see a lot of people like that. Now it's not that way. There's a people from all over the world, even in semi-rural areas where we're from in North Georgia.
0: What's kind of the next step? Like what does the next step kind of look like in, in your mind?
1: Well, we uh, obviously, you know, we would love the ultimate goal to see, you know, a Mandarin-speaking congregation of a church. We have did some with worship services and stuff like that, and which... You know i'm limited to that i can preach but i cannot preach in mandarin i can speak enough to get by uh, so but my wife can translate and does and we've done that some and i preached and uh, she translated uh, which is okay uh, but ultimately i would love to see congregations and stuff but uh, you know i think that it takes some time we did that some but i think it's gonna take some time to get there to really be something strong to keep going Uh, So basically our focus now is just continuing to make disciples and uh, to continue to see those that uh, need to know him. They would just continue to love him. And so they do come to know Christ and and give their life to Christ. Kind of going back, I guess, a little bit. So
0: your comment earlier, you talked about how there was a, a hate crime in Georgia and then you guys decided to start the Chinese ministry after that. Was there, when you're asking people to come, was there a lot of reservation? to come to a church that they'd probably never been to?
1: Uh, Not really, because to them, we're just trying to find a place to do it. Uh, So if it would have been a bunch of Americans going, speaking to them, they might've been. And if it would have been even just me that could speak to them a little bit Mandarin, they might've been felt the same way, but my wife being Taiwanese, it's kind of like, this is one of our own uh, inviting (laughs) to come. So, uh, and, and, I hope that doesn't discourage anybody thinking that, hey, I might hold an event. You know, obviously if God's behind it, do it. But it is uh, look for opportunities that way. Maybe there's somebody out there that uh, you might know in a church or something like that that is coming there and can do it and can speak and maybe just encourage and use some of the people that might have an end with those communities.
0: I mean, it sounds like you're really busy and two very different like polar opposite
1: types of ministry. How does that work for you and and your wife? Uh, It can be very busy at times. Uh, Most of my work during the day for the most part is for FCA. Uh, Most of my focus is there unless we have evening events or something like that that I need to go to, which is, you know, fairly common, but not all the time. And so a lot of the things that we do, For day-to-day ministry for the Chinese ministry, we try to go visit some of them. Uh, A lot of the Chinese restaurants is where a lot of the places are. Uh, There's a a flooring manufacturer that's a Chinese-owned place that has a lot of people, which there's a plant in Taiwan, down around Taichung, that a lot of them have came over there. So we've tried to open up our home uh, to people like that to come in and uh, just make a meal for them, let them know that, hey, there's people here that love you and look out for you. And so that's a lot of the things that we do for that day to day in the ministry of Chinese to just continue building relationships. So a lot of that's going to be done in evenings and stuff like that. So time-wise can be busy, uh, but, you know, God's called us to do things whether we're busy or not. So, uh.
0: I mean, one of the common themes, it seems like with a lot of the podcast episodes so far has been building relationships. How important would you say that is with sharing the gospel in oh, your local neighborhood.
1: Huge, especially with the uh, restaurant owners. Most of those are your traditional Chinese people, idol worship, ancestor worship, or claim that, you know, atheistic almost type thing. So, uh, you know, the, the relationship that has to be built with them, you know, they have to know that you love them. They have to know that they can trust what you tell them and so the relationship aspect there is huge, and, uh, you know, it's still, it's a work in progress on most of them, you know, it's a slow go, it seems like sometimes it can be frustrating at times, you know, to seems like you're trying to <clears throat> do so much, and you see so little fruit from it, but, uh, you know, we know that God's called us to do it, so, uh, we keep doing it.
0: Most of the people who listen to this are missionaries, obviously, um, but, I know there are people who aren't missionaries that listen to this as well. What's something that you would either say or some advice you'd give them to somebody who feels like they're called into their ministry but they don't feel like they
1: have any opportunities? Uh, well, I think that you know if anything can be overwhelming. You know, if somebody would have told me, says, "Go reach the Chinese people," even if I had a little bit of knowledge how to speak to them and my wife could speak to them really well, if somebody had told me that, it would probably would have seemed very, very overwhelming. Uh, But I guess my biggest encouragement is, is listen to God that, uh, you know, that there's tasks for us that are huge, uh, but he makes those tasks doable. Uh, So, and, and then each step of the way, don't, don't get ahead of him, you know, continue to listen to what he has to say and doing it at his speed and in his way. Uh, You know, we have did things, I feel like, at times that we might have done a little too quickly, and maybe we got ahead of God. Uh, Maybe not. I don't know. But sometimes it just feels that way, that sometimes we need to slow down and really focus on making disciples, and uh, we can overcomplicate that, and it shouldn't be. It should just be the gospel, and then they receive the gospel and continue to grow in their faith and not overcomplicate it from what it could be.
0: What's... A way that people could reach out to you if they want to either
1: encourage you
0: or or help out physically if they're in that area or if they have friends who live near that area of Rome, Georgia, I guess, or or Calhoun. What's something a way that people could reach out to you?
1: Uh, well, I, yeah, I would love to be able to uh, have more people come alongside what's doing. And I would also like to be in encouragement. If maybe even you're not in our area, uh, you know, just be willing to talk and. Promote maybe the same, thing, same things in uh, wherever you're at, but uh, you could reach me probably email. I guess might be the best uh, h walraven, and that's w a l r a b e n uh, at f c a org. Which through Chinese ministry or any international ministry if you want uh, to help alongside. If you're North Georgia and want to help alongside where we're at, it would be amazing. Or if you just want maybe talk about how we've seen things and God work doing. Things where we're at maybe you're interested in doing that where you're at or uh, FCA also too we're always looking for people to come alongside and volunteer for FCA and obviously you do not have to be in our area but uh, there's always a local FCA uh, wherever most everywhere in the United States and over 100 countries uh, around the world so you can email me at hwarraven at fca.org well
0: that's all for this week i really hope you enjoyed getting to hear all about heath and his ministry we really can't thank all the listeners enough for all the love and support we have received through this podcast we really appreciate it if you're interested in reaching out to us about a topic or just want to say hi feel free to email us at tmfccggmail.com. at we would love to hear back from you we'll be dropping a new episode in a few weeks so be on the lookout for that because you won't want to miss it until next time Bye.